Number 32. Ismail Asherwani. I spoke about myself. Those who heard me said, See how he boasts. How could I compare the real to the other than real? When one drop, one atom of him fills the two worlds. The part is the all, and the all is here. In him, the two worlds are lost, the soul and the one she quickens. There is the sun, here the ray. Who ever saw a ray separated from the sun? The Sufi is entirely there, only his trace is here, and the trace is never separated from the all. Al-Ansari al-Hawari, Munajat Sheikh Ismail al-Sharwani was an imam of spiritual power. He was one of the masters of Sufism. He was the owner of the throne of guidance and the focus of divine outpouring. He was a tower of the unseen secrets of the divine essence. Through him, humanity was guided on the path of heavenly knowledge. By means of him, they became distinguished. He was a beacon for his time. He was the imam for whose elevated knowledge the people bore witness. In his century, he was the Sufi to whom all eyes turned. Sheikh Ismail Asherwani was the one to take the Naqshbandi order to Caucasia. He was the one to encourage jihad against the cruel Russian occupation and to revive the religion of Islam in his country after it had been almost eradicated. He was born on a Tuesday, the 7th of Dulkida of the year 1201 Hijra, 1787 current era, in Kurdamir, in the Khanate of Shirwan in Caucasia. He had a very strong and well-built body, and he was tall. He had a very light complexion. His eyes and beard were black. He had a high-pitched voice. He received his education in Shirwan through his father, who was one of the greatest scholars of his time, Sheikh Anwar Ashirwani. He educated young Ismail in the memorization of the Quran, which he completed by the age of seven. He then spent time memorizing the seven different readings. At the age of nine, he began learning jurisprudence and the science of traditions from Sheikh Abdurrahman Adagastani. At that young age, he was able to give the evidence from the Quran and traditions for almost any question of jurisprudence. One day he was struck by a powerful heavenly influence which made him lose awareness of himself completely and took him into a state of self-effacement. This state, in which he was lost to himself, impelled him to wander in search of the reality that he could see in his heart. Then one day he had a vision in which a voice told him, You must direct yourself towards Delhi, where you will learn from its scholars and its sheikhs. God may grant you the good fortune 
to meet with the successors of Sheikh Abdullah ad-Dahlawi. That vision kept appearing to him until he reached the age of seventeen. He said to his father, I want to go and become one of the followers of Abdullah ad-Dahlawi. His father was very fearful to let him go to such a far-off country, but he finally relented and gave permission for his son to travel. Ismail set out on foot for Delhi, walking day and night without conveyance. It took one year to reach Abdullah ad-Dahlawi in Delhi. He stayed in the Sheikh's Hanukkah learning from him. He was in his service for several years. In 1224 Hijra, 1809 current era, he met Maulana Khalid when the latter came to India to meet Sheikh Abdullah ad-Dahlawi and to take the order from his hand. Sheikh Ismail used to carefully observe the behavior of Maulana Khalid with Sheikh Abdullah. He was very impressed by the manner and sincerity with which Maulana Khalid served the Sheikh. Sheikh Abdullah once looked at Ismail and said, Your secrets are with Sheikh Khalid. When he returns to his country, you will follow him. When Maulana Khalid returned to Damascus in 1225 Hijra, Sheikh Ismail Ashurwani went back to Caucasia to say farewell to his parents. On his journey back to Shirwan, he stopped in a city where he found the people standing in the desert with their hands raised in supplication, asking God to send them rain. They had had no rain for a whole year. When they saw him and glimpsed the piety in his face, they asked him, Can you ask God to shower rain on us? He raised his hands in supplication. The clouds gathered and the wind began to blow. It started to rain and continued to rain for seven days without stopping. When he reached Shirwan, he asked his parents' permission to move to Damascus. However, he stayed there for several years. While he was there, people came to him constantly to learn from his teachings. During this time, he planted the seeds of the ideology that would surface several decades later in the armed struggle against the Russian tyranny in the Caucasus known as the Murid Wars. In Muslim resistance to the Tsar, Shamil and the conquest of Chechnya and Dagestan, Gamer writes... Sheikh Mansur did not establish the Naqshbandi order in the Caucasus. This was done, in fact, by the Naqshbandiya Khalidiya, a branch of the order named after Sheikh Ziaduddin Khalid al-Shahrazuri, Khalid al-Baghdadi. One of his disciples, Sheikh Ismail al-Kurdumiri, Ismail al-Shirwani, was active for many years in Shirwan, as Sheikh Khalid's caliph, deputy, in the late 1810s. Following the annexation of the Khanate in 1820, Russian authorities started to persecute the movement.
from his sayings. If a person devotes himself to God, almighty and exalted, the first benefit he will receive will be that he will no longer be in need of people. The sweet smell of the lovers of God will arise from them and spread. Even if they try to conceal it, they will not be able to, from wherever they come and to wherever they go. Whoever hears wisdom and does not apply it is a hypocrite. The company of the heretics is an illness and the medicine for it is to leave them. God Almighty and Exalted has said that whoever is patient with us will reach us. God provides his servants with the sweetness of his vicar. If one thanks God and is happy with that, he will provide him familiarity with him. If he is not thankful and happy with that, he will take the sweetness from the vicar and leave it only on his tongue. God expresses familiarity with his servants by means of showing them his saints. Sufism is purity. It is not a description. It is a truth without an end, like a river of red roses. Sufism is to walk with the secrets of God. Whoever prefers the company of the rich over that of the poor, God will make his heart to be dead. For the knower, there is a time when the light of knowledge will shine on him. It makes him see the wonders of the unseen. Whoever proclaims that he is hearing and yet he does not hear the vicar in the song of the birds and in the sounds of the woods and in the applause of the wind, is a liar. He was asked about human beings. He said, There are four kinds of people and jinn. On them God's will is pouring forth. He spent a few years in Shirwan, and then he had a vision in which Sheikh Abdullah al-Dahlawi ordered him to move to Damascus to serve Sheikh Khalid al-Baghdadi. He travelled to Damascus, walking in an indirect route, all the while spreading the teachings, from Shirwan to Kuman, and from Kuman to Azerbaijan, and on to Tiflis. From there he went to Tabriz, then to Ahmad, Aleppo, Hama, and Homs. He finally arrived in Damascus, the center of Sham, after one year of travel. In Sham, he immediately went to meet his sheikh. From Marja, in the city center, where he had arrived, there was no easy way to go up the mountain which overlooks all of Damascus, where his sheikh's Hanukkah was located. He walked from Marja to that mountain in two hours, 
until he arrived at his sheikh's door. As he entered, his sheikh was waiting for him. He said, We received the news of your arrival. Welcome. Sheikh Khalid immediately placed him in seclusion for a long period of time. In that seclusion, he taught him what he needed in order to reach perfection. Then he gave him the power of this order. He told all his followers to listen to him. He said, This is my caliph. He is like the dome of a mosque, the dome of the mosque of the Prophet. From him, the secret of this order is going to spread in Dagestan. From there, I can see its light shining forth through seven generations of sheikhs. Each one of these seven sheikhs will represent the highest powers of the Divine Presence. Through them, there will be a great support against the army of ignorance which is going to overwhelm the area of Dagestan. From among the people of Dagestan, there will be one warrior who will be living at the time of three great sheikhs of this order. He will be supported by them. He will lead the fight against this army of ignorance. Sheikh Ismail Ashirwani is the best of all the scholars in this time. I raised him up to be one of the perfected saints. He will guide you and guide everyone after me. He is going to be the knower that spreads the secret of this order in the territories of the Caucasus. This Imam is going to be the first to sit on my throne. He is going to be the trustee of whatever I have to spend in God's way, and his duty is to look after my children. Sheikh Ismail served his Sheikh and kept his company whenever he was not in his home country of Shirwan. He travelled with Sheikh Khalid and lived with him in his house for several years. He was given the absolute caliphate. He was given permission to guide seekers. He directed people to the best of his knowledge, until his fame spread throughout Sham, Iraq, Persia, Turkey, Armenia, and Caucasia. Sheikh Khalid assigned him to teach and train people. He used to count and evaluate the action of every seeker one by one and present it to his Sheikh Maulana Khalid. Whatever question he was asked by the disciples, he would present it to the Sheikh. Then the Sheikh would give an answer or ask Sheikh Ismail to issue an edict. It was reported, Sheikh Ismail used to say to us, I am a polished mirror. Whatever Maulana Khalid has engraved on me, I have reflected it to you. And he never saw himself higher than us. When Sheikh Khalid passed away, Sheikh Ismail cried, he was shaking, but despite this, he was firm, like a mountain, steadfast. He made all the followers of the Sheikh come together and testify in unison that they would hold fast to the rope of God. He renewed their energies and took 
the sadness from their hearts. He gave them respect. He praised them and blessed them. He taught them the best way of worship and prepared them to receive elevated spiritual knowledge. He took control of guiding the seekers in place of his sheikh. He kept it as it had been. He said, Do you not know that Maulana Khalid was of the people of God and that those people never die? They are with us in every moment and in every second. He left for Shirwan after some time and reached there very quickly. In his Zawiya in Shirwan he trained Khas Muhammad. Seeing in him the light of this order, he told him, You are going to be one of my successors. Eventually he passed the secret of the order to him, as well as to two other great saints of Dagestan, Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yarahi and Sayyid Jamaluddin al-Humuki al-Husayni. During his travel in his home country, Sheikh Ismail spread the order and encouraged his people to fight the Russians, who were opposed to religion and the spiritual life. His followers were soon everywhere. Many of them became active in the Murid wars against the Russians. They were tireless in spreading the Naqshbandi order in Dakhistan until every village and every house was known to be Naqshbandi. Imam Shamil al-Dakhistani and Ghazi Muhammad, the leaders of the movement against the Russians, were among the followers of his deputies. For thirty-six years, under the directorship of his immediate successors in the lineage, they defended their country from the oppressive Russian onslaught. From His Miraculous Powers It is said that one day Sheikh Ismail was in a mosque. He observed a poor person who appeared destitute. He approached him and asked, What do you desire? He said, I desire hot bread and some food. Sheikh Ismail raised his hands in supplication and said, O oh God, here is your servant who has not eaten in three days. Please send him what food you would like for him. He had not finished the supplication before a man entered the mosque, saying, My wife became ill, and I made an oath that I would feed the poor so that she might be blessed. I have bought some hot bread and some food to feed the hungry. One of his followers in Dagestan narrates, Sheikh Ismail said to himself one day, O oh my ego, I am angry with you. I am going to throw you into difficulties. He went into the mountains of Shirwan and lay down at the mouth of a cave in which were two lions. They did not move, and we who had followed him were very surprised. The male lion had a big piece of meat in his mouth and sat down far away watching him. The lioness approached with some meat in her mouth. She began to cry and roar. 
The male approached the female and made her stop crying. They sat for a while watching the sheikh. Then the male lion took his two young cubs and gave them to the mother. After which he approached Sheikh Ismail. He sat down quietly beside him, staying until the sheikh left. One day, Sheikh Ismail passed by a village. When some people of the village saw him and recognized him, all the people came running out to meet him. The sheikh of the village came and said, "Oh, Sheikh Ismail, please come and teach us." He said, "O、oh, Abu Sa'id, God has two ways of teaching: the common way and the special way. The common way is the way you and your companions are on. As for the special way, come with me, and I will show you." They followed him until he came to a river. He said, "This is the way of God," and he walked across the water to the other side. Walking away. He disappeared. Sheikh Abdul Rahman Adakhistani relates: One day, I was sitting amongst a large group of people. We saw Sheikh Ismail approaching, wearing a woolen cloak, and on his feet were new shoes. I said to myself, "That Sheikh Ismail is a real Sufi Sheikh." I am going to go to him and ask him a difficult question to see if he can answer it or not. I approached him and he saw me. As I drew near, he said, "Oh, Abdul Rahman, God said in the Holy Quran to avoid bad thoughts. Do not try to question me; that is not good behavior." I said in my heart, "What a miracle! That is a great miracle. How did he know my question?" And how did he know my name? I must follow him and ask some more. I ran after him, but I could not find him. One day I saw him in a village. He was standing and praying. His eyes were full of tears. When he had finished, I ran towards him. It came to my heart to ask his forgiveness for what I had done the last time. He looked at me and said, "Recite for me the Quranic verse. Without doubt, I am He that forgives again and again, to those who repent, believe, and do right, who, in fine, are ready to receive true guidance." Quran, chapter twenty, verse eighty-two. Then he left. I thought to myself. Surely he is one of the deputies of the spiritual pole. This is the second time he has addressed the thoughts in my heart. Later that same day, on my way home, I passed by that village again, and I saw him standing by a well with a cup in his hand. He wanted to drink from the well. While I was watching him, the cup fell into the well. Then I saw him raise his hands and recite the supplication, "O God, I am thirsty for water, and water is my only food. O God, you know my heart, and you know that I am thirsty." By God, not a second had passed before the water in the well rose up until it reached the top. It flooded out of the well, and with it the cup. 
he took the cup and drank. Then he performed ablution and prayed four cycles of prayer. He put sand in the cup, put some water in with the sand, and stirred it with his finger. Then he sat and ate from the mixture. I came and said, Oh, Sheikh Ismail, let me eat with you. What are you eating? Dirt? He replied, Oh, Abdurrahman, keep good thoughts of God. He gave me the cup, and I put it to my mouth. It was water and honey. I swear by God that I never in my life drank anything so delicious. Many days passed after that, and I did not need to eat or drink. I felt so satisfied from the sweetness of that single cup. Sheikh Muhammad a Dagestani said, One time I went out to see Sheikh Ismail Asherwani. I kissed his hand and I asked to accompany him on his travels. I traveled with him for two days. In that time I never saw him drink or eat. I became extremely hungry and thirsty. I became very weak from continuous walking without food or drink. I said, Oh, my sheikh, I am so weak. He said, Are you thirsty or hungry? I said, Yes, both. He said, Then you are not worthy of my company. Close your eyes. I closed my eyes, and when I opened them, I found myself at my home. His Death and Succession he died on the 10th of Zulhijjah, a Wednesday, 1255 Hijra, 1840 Current Era. He was buried in Amasya. He passed his secret to his three caliphs who were all among his students. This multiple succession was similar to that in the time of Shah Naqshband when he passed the secret of the order to many caliphs. However, it is different in that Shah Naqshband passed the main secret to only one, Alauddin al-Attar, whereas Sheikh Ismail passed it on to all three. Sheikh Khas Muhammad al-Shirwani, Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yarahi al-Qurali, and Sayyid Jamaluddin al-Khumuki al-Husseini. Sheikh Ismail Sharwani informed his three caliphs of a prediction for their futures. I am passing to each of you the secret of the order at the same time by order of the Prophet, by the orders of Abdul Khalik al-Gushtuwani and the Imam of the order Shah Naqshband and my Sheikh Khalid al-Baghdadi and through the spiritual presence of Owais al-Khirani. Each one of you will carry the secret of this golden chain with the same power, but your ascension to the throne of guidance will be in sequence. Each of you will keep the relations with the other, as I say now. Directly after me, the authority of that secret will be in the hands of Sheikh Khas Muhammad al-Sharwani. Then it will be in the hands of Muhammad Effendi al-Yarahi al-Khurali. Finally, it will be put in the hands of Sayyid Jamaluddin al-Khumuki al-Husseini. The wonder of this prediction of Sheikh Ismail 
was that he told his caliphs the order of their passing away. It came to pass just as he had predicted.